Hi, this is your host, Nisa Harris, and you are listening to Shomea Ve'ona Tehillim and Other Hebrew Text Podcast, episode 153. The following is a recitation of Psalm 138, aka Perak or Mizmor Kuf Lamed Chet. After the recitation, stay tuned to hear more about this Mizmor. Psalm 138 Le David Odcha Bechol Libi Neged Elohim Azam Recha Eshtachave El Hechal Kad Shecha Veode Et Shemecha Al Chastecha Veal Amitacha Ki Higdalta Al Kol Shimcha Im Ratacha Beyom Karati Vataaneni Tarhiveni Vitnafshi Oz Yoducha Adonai Kol Malche Aretz Ki Shamu Imre Ficha Via Shiru Bidarchei Adonai Ki Gadol Kivod Adonai Ki Ram Adonai Ve Shafal Yere Ve Gavoha Mi Merchak Yeyeda Im Elech Bekerev Tsara Techayeni Al Af Oivai Tishlach Yadacha Vitoshi Eni Yeminacha Adonai Yigmor Baadi Adonai Chastecha Leolam Maasei Yadacha Al Teref Psalm 138, at first glance, seems to simply be about giving thanks to Hashem. As the first Pasuk states, Odcha Becholibi. I praise or will praise you with all my heart. This could be David as the narrator, or other opinions say it could be the nation of Israel who is by the holy temple, or if not near it, uh, facing towards it. In our prayers, we say verse 2 in pre-dawn and evening of Yom Kippur Slichot. And the last verse, some Svaradim have accustomed to say before counting the days of the Omer that lead up to the holiday of Shavuot. 
It's interesting to note that there is some similar phrases from the previous psalm, including the inability to sing there, contrasted with singing out here, and the significance of, quote, my right hand in Psalm 137, versus Hashem's right hand now being the one the narrator points to as saving him, and that he is the work of Hashem's hands. I think I'm, under, I'm starting to understand the connection, but it needs to percolate a little bit more. In any case, according to the Red Dock, and to paraphrase some other sources, David is thanking Hashem for keeping his word to him and making him king, and he is so grateful and expresses that now all other kings, above all other false gods that they believe in, will trust in you because you took me from this lowly shepherd promised one day I would be king. I was an outcast and chaste, and here I am, king, as you said I would be. You showed me and them that you keep your word, so of course they will believe in you. I want to focus on when the second Pasuk says, Al The narrator is thanking Hashem for his loving kindness and his truth. This phrase is used one other place in Psalm 115.1. There we were talking about how it's understood that the argument that Moshe had with Hashem after the Chet HaEgel, the golden calf, is the same one that they are using there. Um, and that is uh, Hallel, by the way. Um, namely, don't save us and continue to be with us for our sake, Hashem. Do it for your sake. The nation of Israel may not be worthy, but don't give the other nations a reason to say anything negative about you, that you abandoned a people after having chosen them, etc. This seems to connect with the last Pasuk here, Ma'asei Yadecha Al-Teref, do not forsake the work of your hands, pointing out that we are the work of his hands, and maybe coming after Psalm 137, where we are talking about being exiled, we are still thankful for how Hashem has been there for us and pray that he continues to be, if not for our sake, then for his. Keeping the word that we just pointed out was so binding and powerful and trustworthy. There's another perspective that I want to take on that phrase of kindness and trust. I find it really remarkable that after such a calamity of losing the Beit HaMikdash, with all of that destruction of the Holy Temple, uh, if that is uh, when this is, ha is taking place, or even if it's after all the hardship that David went through, that there is still this rapport of trust and a feeling of kindness and knowing that Hashem will continue to be there for them as he has in the past. I wanted to get a better grasp on what really helps to build trust, so I did one of my favorite pastime things and Googled TED Talks on it, <laughs> which this episode may come across more touchy-feely than usual, but bear with me. Anne Bockler Rettig speaks of the psychology of trust, explaining that trust is difficult, dynamic, and indispens indispensable. She explained that trust is an inherently ongoing, interactive, and dynamic process. She noted that a common paradigm psychologists use as examples are of people investing in each other with reciprocation. And in some groups, cooperation breaks down and trust declined quickly. Other groups managed to create stable, functioning, mutually beneficial relationship. And the thing that the successful long-term trust-based relationship groups did differently? 
was that they were willing to forgive. So in most relationships, the other person does not behave in a way we expected them to. It can be a misunderstanding, a teasing, an active breach of trust, maybe even them trying to teach us a lesson. So as that annoyed person, I have to do something. I have to overcome my uncertainty, my anger, and give the other person a second chance. I would need to trust in and invest in that person again, maybe once or twice, like any more than that. And so this is what groups that establish relationships that are trusting and mutually beneficial do. What does that have to do with our Mismore? Okay, I could see how if you overlook Hashem letting you go through hard times once or twice, you could forgive and even come to trust again. But we're talking about either two major times with the destruction of the Holy Temple that helped us easily connect to him through, and or David who went through repeated hardships his entire life. So how do we understand this level of trust, gratitude, and love that the narrator is exhibiting here? This level of trust shows the paradigm of emuna, which can simply be defined as belief, trust, faith. The Rambam, for example, defines emuna as the knowledge that Hashem created and continues to run all of creation, right? So like in the investing examples, there is a level of trust where we can trust that the person we are dealing with has done and or is capable of delivering on their word and can take charge of things, take care of things. But then there is another level, another paradigm of trust known as bitachon, which the Chobot HaLavavot defines as relying and trusting Hashem to watch over and protect me, like this level of vulnerability involved and trusting the other enough to put myself at risk with you, to open up with you, right? I was going through a list that I have about when certain psalms are recited. And by this one, it says to recite this when you want to increase love. I don't always understand the reasons uh, these are given, but I think I do here. I listened to yet another TED Talk, Overcoming the Fear of Love by Trillion Small, who makes the important point that, honestly, I just learned myself over the last couple of years. She explained that what causes someone to push away what is good for them, for example, love and support in terms of love and relationships, and then accept subconsciously what is not good for them, it's the fact that we are simply hardwired to protect ourselves for survival. What do I mean? For example, whenever we have an experience, we associate a feeling to that experience. So if I got attacked by a snake, let's show them, while canoeing, I may fear canoeing and not want to do it again. And it's the same thing with love. If you were hurt or lost trust, etc., in love, maybe it wasn't even a healthy relationship, but it doesn't matter because the next time you come across a relationship, even if it's healthy, your limbic system gets involved to that real or perceived threat. And she goes into more detail there. And this can result in you truly being fearful of love. Just to repeat again, it is possible to be afraid of love. And you may find yourself attracted to and or attracting dismissive partners as a way of protecting yourself. But the way to unlearn that fear is to first of all recognize that you have that fear at all. 
And second of all, to quote Trillian, the fear of love is an issue of knowledge, and the antidote is that knowledge rooted in truth. This psalm is David HaMelech and or the nation of Israel expressing that they are coming from a vantage point where they have understood the truth and can trust on the level of bitachon, that they can let go of that fear. They're relearning, right? They're rewiring. Because even though they had to go through trials and tribulations, Hashem ultimately did keep his word so they can forgive all the stuff that seemed to be bad because they recognize that it got them to the place they are today. They can have a successful, trusting, and loving relationship because they have learned to forgive in previous Psalms. Let go, let fear go, be vulnerable, and now trust and let love in. I feel that this Psalm is an example of what could indeed help to increase love if understood in this way. May we be able to have the healthy combination of emuna and bitachon in others that are healthy for us. May we be able to let go of perceived fears and learn how to let love in so we can receive the level of intimacy that we already desire. The learning and recitation for this week's episode is for all those struggling with failed relationships. May they be able to learn their needs and tune into what is holding them back whether this is person to person, person to God, etc. And hopefully they'll be able to learn what's holding them back in a way that they can move forward in a healthy way. If there is an episode that you would like to sponsor, or if you have any questions, please email me at nurseNisa1 n-u-r-s-e-n-i-s-a the number one at gmail.com also don't forget to join the facebook group to be aware of upcoming episodes please subscribe and share thank you for joining